Although many businesses have reopened and the economy is improving, some in our community continue to struggle. On this episode, hear from local experts about Johnson County and its partners and how they're addressing some essential needs, including housing, utilities, and more. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Freed, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. It's been a tough year and a half for many people through the pandemic, not just for health concerns, but also making ends meet. Here to talk more about that are Larry Kutcher with Johnson County Aging and Human Services and David Armovich with the Shawnee Mission School District and also the program called Project Home. Thank you both for joining us. It's good to be for having us. All right, well, just to start off with, and we'll go ahead and begin with Larry, if you want to describe your role with the county, kind of what you do and and uh, the relevant work with, with this uh, topic today. Sure. Um, I am one of the co-managers at the Northeast Multi-Service Center, where we help folks with uh, utility assistance, rental assistance, and food pantry assistance as well. And I also have a pretty important role with Project Home. Um, in terms of being one of the key agencies to kind of help some of those families in need. All right, and David? Yes, it's good to be with you all. Um, I'm the homeless liaison, the McKinney-Vento homeless liaison for the Shawnee Mission School District. And um, McKinney-Vento is a federal program that started in the 80s, and it's a, a program that is designed specifically to help our students who are living in non-permanent housing um, to be uh, to to take care of all of the the barriers that might exist for them to be in school. All right, great information, and so we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, just this this past year and a half, it's been it's been tough for a lot of people. Um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, health concerns, of course, but then there are also those those basic needs that people have, to some extent, been struggling with. And so, can you both just talk a little bit about how those you serve um, are experiencing those issues? Um, we've had a lot of families where one of the spouses may have lost income, and so they're down to one income or we have single parents that are trying to um, teach their kids at home. And so they're not able to work as much kind of had go, had to go through their savings, have had real struggles with the unemployment system, even talk, getting to talk to somebody and going several months without a paycheck from unemployment. And we're seeing a lot of folks that we have never seen before. They've never been in this situation. And so I've definitely seen an increase in folks coming to us in need. Yeah, I would ditto that. And, and certainly um, Human Services has been around uh, to help folks prior to the pandemic. And I noticed that I'm calling Larry a lot more these days. Um, you know, as Larry mentioned, people are, are maxing out on their savings, but they're also maxing out on their credit cards. And if they had retirement, they're, they're getting into that. And, and so we're seeing people... Um, you know, in pretty desperate situations. And one of the, the, the big challenges that existed before the pandemic that continues to be a challenge for us is affordable housing and livable wages. And so um, when you throw a pandemic on, um, it makes that, it just exacerbates that situation even further. 
And I often talk about this, that there's this perception that Johnson County is very well off and that everyone is doing great. And you shed a little bit of light on, on what the reality is. Yeah. Um, in our district, we had uh, at one point, uh, probably 50 years ago, I would say we had 50,000 students, all mostly Caucasian. And at this point, we have about 28,000 students um, and we speak over 90 languages in our, our district and, and things have definitely changed. And there's, uh, I would say there's a real misconception about Johnson County and, and um, we have several of our schools that have uh, almost 80% free and reduced. So, um, you know, it's definitely affects our, our community. And can you kind of walk us through how people come in contact both with the county and through through this um, program to, to access these services? For us, a lot of times utility companies will actually refer folks to us if, if they're struggling with uh, utilities. United Way 211, if people call that number, a lot of times they'll refer folks to us. And then the agencies within our community will also refer folks like Salvation Army, El Centro, Catholic Charities, Jewish Family, we all kind of work together and partner with each other to kind of help some of the folks that we're trying to serve that have higher needs. So Yeah, and that's uh, one of the, the beautiful parts of Project Home is that we do have Larry and Human Services, but we also have Catholic Charities, Johnson County Mental Health, Workforce Partnership, we have um, a Jewish Family Services, Division of Family Children's Services, a couple of faith-based communities all coming together. And so we can be alerted at any one of those um, uh, platforms. Uh, Larry might be getting a call from from uh, Catholic Charities, or I might be getting a call um, from Jewish Family Services. But, um, and within the, the school district, um, which has been tremendously supportive of Project Home, we also um, have our, our teachers, our administrators, our social workers, our counselors, all exceptional um, folks that are, are really attuned um, to our families and our students who are in need. And um, somehow, some way they find themselves um, uh, to either Larry or myself or one of our partners in Project Home. All right, and just to back up a little bit, um, Larry, can you talk about the role of Aging and Human Services? What exactly do, do you provide? Um, our main um, things that we really provide are utility assistance for folks and a family. I want to kind of give you an example to qualify for our services. Uh, for a family of four, the gross income would be about $4,417. Um, and so we have to go by that 200% guideline. But with, with us, we're one of the higher in the community. Some of the other agencies are like 150%. Um, so once they get connected with us, um, whatever zip code they're in, they'll get referred to one of our multi-service centers. And then we'll kind of go over a financial with them and kind of see what their needs are. And then um, we're able to help them with utilities and then also food pantry. And we will really dig into resources with them to see what else is out there, either on the state level. Um, and I know during, we got CARES Act money, and between all of us multi-service centers with the county, we were able to help over $200,000 worth of rental assistance for those folks. And we knocked it out in probably like a month and a half. Um, so we're very efficient with that. But 
Um, and anytime we get any sort of that government money, we're, we'll help folks even more than we have been. So. All right. And David, can you just kind of talk about how Project Home was, was created and, and what exactly that is? Sure. Um, in essence, it's a, it's a collaborative effort working uh, towards a common goal of either preventing a homeless situation or helping um, a, a family be permanently housed. And um, we were in the talking stages approximately seven years ago. And our neighbors over in KCK did a program called Impact Wednesday. And they did a call for action um, with political leaders, with school officials, um, with philanthropists in the area. And when we um, tried to, to look at replicating that here in Johnson County and with the Shawnee Mission School District, we, we, are, um, we dovetail with about 14 different municipalities. So to, to have a call for action wasn't uh, in the cards for us, if you will. And so um, we gathered together um, some folks that um, were really behind this idea of working collaboratively um, for the good of our people and, and trying to really partner with them and together we, we know that we'd be so much stronger. And so um, really about six years ago was our, our first year uh, with Project Home and we had um, I would say great success. Uh, you know, I could share some numbers with you all here in a bit, but um, we really, uh, I think, remain very focused on, again, on the goal of trying to help people be permanently housed or to, to prevent a, a homeless situation. And, and um, just to be able to, to see the collaborative effort and the compassion towards our folks who um, were life challenged and economically challenged is a really a beautiful thing. One of our strengths um, at, with multi-service with Project Home is really the prevention piece. And I find in the summer, I, that's where my head is at as prevention. And we are full, fully supported by our leaders uh, to help folks in that prevention. But um, I feel like with multi-service center, that's really our strength is the prevention piece. So if you can come back to talking a little bit more about the increased demand or need for, for services in our area and, and how you all are able to, to connect to make sure that people are getting what they need. I know there's a My Resource um, connection there too, if you could talk about that. Um, yeah, My Resource Connection is a good place for folks to look and it's real similar to the United Way 211 if you were to call them you would find real similar resources um, on that site. And, um, but my resource connection is a great place for folks to look if they're um, struggling, you know, try to locate resources. Mm -hmm. We also have the, the Johnson County Continuum of Care on Homelessness. Um, and uh, the facilitator is from uh, Johnson County, um, uh, UCS. Yes, <laughs> United <laughs> Community Services. Thank you, Larry. Um, and we have monthly meetings uh, and, and there's probably 40 providers and um, uh, uh, folks from the different municipalities that are representative um, that really, again, care about our community and care about our folks and trying to make sure that we really all work towards eradicating homelessness someday and, and trying to uh, 
um, do whatever we can to see if we can begin to have some impact on affordable housing, um, which is, again, as I mentioned earlier, it's been a challenge nationally, but here um, in our county, it is a real big challenge for us to find housing for folks who are working their tails off. Some people are working two or three jobs and still spending well over two thirds of their income towards housing. And that just should not be. And through the through UCS, they set up the homeless hubs at Catholic Charities, Mental Health, um, Salvation and Salvation Army. Army, where folks can get on a list and then the list is kind of prioritized, but it's reviewed and they're really trying to help rehouse those families that are on that homeless hub list. Um, so that, that's been real helpful. I think, you know, another thing that people don't necessarily fully understand is, is kind of the definition of homelessness. It's not necessarily somebody living on the street. It could be somebody who is simply, you know, couch surfing or, you know, very temporarily staying with a relative or a friend. So can you talk a little bit about that and why yeah. that's still something of a concern? It is. I, I, the HUD definition of homelessness is a little different than the um, definition of homelessness defined through the McKinney-Vento Act. The McKinney-Vento Act, the whole essence of it is to remove barriers for, for kids to be in school. And so we consider anybody that is doubled up living with other family members or friends due to economic hardship, they fall under our umbrella, uh, under the McKinney-Vento umbrella and are considered a non-permanent housing, which we would consider um, homeless. So, um, but there, there is, I think, um, you know, some people that, uh, some families choose that multi-generational living, which is a beautiful thing, uh, but some are doing it uh, purely because of economic challenge and hardship. And so just again, if we can talk about um, the collaboration that's that's been happening and, and what are you hearing among other helping organizations about um, the growing needs or continued needs, even though things seem to be starting to get back to normal? I know the agencies that I work with, like Salvation Army, Catholic Charities, and Jewish Family, at times have been very overwhelmed with the amount of need right now. Um, the rent assistance um, has been a big thing, but, um, and like I said, we've tried to partner as much as we can. Um, I think everybody's stretched pretty thin and it, it really has picked up over the last month. As Larry mentions, we will be seeing um, um, in the, uh, I suspect, a little bit down the road, uh, probably uh, uh, a much greater uptick. And we haven't seen quite the fallout yet um, of what the, the pandemic, the impact of the pandemic. And as you're seeing people um, enroll their children in school, reg get registered and all of that, are you, um, is there some sort of process where, where you're kind of screening or looking for signs that people might, might need some help? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and so our staff are getting more and more um, informed um, uh, that are on the front lines about asking families about their, their situation. And um, uh, if, if they um, do say that they're living with other people, they might, um, you know, it, then it becomes a, a residency issue oftentimes. And the residency officers here might say, mm, this looks like this could probably fall under McKinney-Vento. So I think um, 
are, are folks that um, are seeing people when they first come in uh, are uh, a lot further um, down the road than we were maybe five or 10 years ago about kind of um, keeping a close eye out for some of these situations. Um, our staff are pretty aware of David and we will refer, um, if we're working with the Shawnee Mission family and we kind of see that they qualify for McKinney Vento, we will um, link them up to David. So there's been a lot of that that's gone on as well, that families he wasn't maybe aware of that mm -hmm. would qualify for McKinney Vento. So. And um, Olathe started something similar to Project Home uh, in their school district about a year after we, we had our first year. And so, um, they've had great success with that program. So if we have folks out that way, you know, and then of course, uh, KCK, and I believe KCMO has something similar now to, to Project Home as well. So the, you know, the co collective and collaborative model, I think has really um, spoken for itself in terms of, of that um, initiative can, you know, of working together uh, can certainly help a lot of families and students. That's great information. I know uh, Aging and Human Services has done some some great and sort of innovative things throughout the pandemic to get more resources, including a, sort of a digital um, food drive so that people could go to Amazon and, and pick out some items and have them shipped directly to um, the facilities. So can you talk a little bit about how our listeners can help those who are in need? Yeah. Um one of the ways is when we have virtual food drives or neighborhood food drives to pitch in that because we, we do serve a lot of folks that um, are in need of food, um, which is great. And all of our multi-service centers, we each have a 501c3 account and we're able to use that account. It's our CFSS account. We're able to use that for emergency need. If there's a unique utility assistance or some other situation, we're able to access those funds um, to help folks. And when we have Feed the Need, they donate money to our 501c3 accounts, and that's um, super helpful. In addition, Project Home also has ways to donate, and we've been very fortunate to have some good donors assist with that um, to help those folks as well. And the other agencies that are involved with Project Home, um, we can kind of piecemeal together, um, if, if you will. There might be um, somebody who um, uh, is, uh, let's say, a month behind on rent, or they have a utility bill that's a barrier for them to be getting into housing. So it might be human services, Jewish family services, Catholic charities. It might be... Um, Shawnee Mission School District, uh, the Shawnee Mission Education uh, Foundation has been wonderful in supporting Project Home. And we also have uh, some of our faith-based communities like Vineyard Church and New City um, that have been terrific. And, and together we, we can um, you know, put some of our resources together uh, to help uh, a family out of a difficult spot. And any suggestions or ideas about how to sort of remedy that the housing situation? I've seen some some uh, news articles lately talking about how certain properties are being turned into lower income housing. So are we seeing more of that happening? 
I haven't seen it, unfortunately, <laughs> in our county, but I know what you're talking about. And I, and I think that there's some really innovative um, things going on nationally from, from tiny houses to kind of smaller communities and landlords who um, um, are out there. And if, and if any landlords are listening right now, call Larry or myself, um, you know, um, if you have a heart for this, because we really... Uh, desperately need to to find housing for some of again some of our our folks who um, are working those two to three jobs and really working their tails off but um, and they might have two or three kids and when you try to put a lot of food on the table and address all of those needs plus pay pay rent and your gas to get to those jobs uh, it doesn't leave much if any at all so um, Housing is a big piece of that. And if we can uh, develop more affordable housing, I think we're going to be better for it. Well, I appreciate all the information that you both have provided. I guess just the last uh, question would be if we have people in need, how do they get in touch with you? How do they access those resources that you provide? Um, for us, the best um, thing for them would be to call our phone agents at 913-715-6653. And after doing some research with my coworkers, I found the best way to locate our services online is if you actually Google Johnson County Outreach and it'll list all of our services and it'll also have the aging services and they have some wonderful supports for our seniors, but it'll all be listed on that page. So that's probably the easiest way to access um, that information. And if any of our listeners have students in Shawnee Mission School District and they'd like to speak to me directly, I'd be happy to take that call. And my number is 913-993-8675. All right, again, thank you both for all the great information and hopefully it helps out those who, who need it, but it also gives uh, people a, a great way to help. All right, and thank you for listening. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JokoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jokogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.